Happy Sunday, everybody. Welcome to the Sunday Afternoon Podcast with Greg Reese. Hope you guys are all doing well. Hope you guys are healthy and happy, kicking ass, treating people good, treating yourself good. Hope, hope all this is true. Uh, today's my birthday. Happy birthday to me, October 15th. Uh, today's called uh, the Doomsday Cult. And, um, yeah. <clears throat> but before we get into that, uh, I just wanted to make an announcement. I'm pretty excited about this. We're going to start cleaning up the, the, uh, the comments section. Um, so I, um, for a while there, I said, oh, freedom of speech. I'm just going to let it go. But then I stopped going, you know, um, I don't mind. Uh, I like comments because for a lot of reasons, from a selfish perspective, I get good tips and ideas not all the time, but often, regularly, by reading comments. People out there will send me things. Hey, Greg might be interested in this. Sometimes I get something that I've never seen before that I find very interesting, and I'll make a report out of it. So I like that about comments. I like feedback in general, professional feedback. I appreciate it. It's invaluable. And, uh, and, you know, I'm a friendly guy. I'm a social person. I like to say what's up and, you know, chit-chat online with cool people. Um, so comments are cool, but I, I don't go anymore, and I don't mind the hate. <clears throat> I've been getting the hate. In fact, I appreciate the hate, too. Let me throw that in there as well. When it's directed towards me, that's what I'm talking about. When it's directed towards me, um, I appreciate it. Because it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity to be a good person, a good man. That's kind of what today's theme is, opportunity. We all have an opportunity right now. All of us have an opportunity to be the person that we say we are. And as a lot of people are noticing Many people are revealing who they really are. You can't help it because <clears throat> it's intense right now. But it's an opportunity. It's a great opportunity. I'm talking serious because I'm talking to myself. I, uh, I could do better. I could be fitter and healthier and which would make me more focused and more able to take on this incredible opportunity that we have in the present moment that we haven't always had because we've had relative peace for a while. <clears throat> so anyways, we're cleaning up the comment section. So um, you can, like I said, you can um, more than happy to share whatever you want 
feedback. If you want to throw misery at me, fine. I don't know why. But yeah, you, but you can go ahead and do that, and, and I'll be fine with that. <clears throat> um, but what I am going to clean up is just the ugliness, the ugly hate, the nastiness, the trolling. You don't know who you are. That's the thing. I don't think you do. Some people do, I think. Some people are aware of how miserable they are. They know it, and they just want everyone else to know it too. Because you're hurting. So some of you do know that. But this isn't the place for it. And when I stood for freedom of, freedom of speech, I wasn't even thinking of you. I was thinking of an open forum of discussion. But the hate and the nastiness is not discussion. So I didn't know what to do. I actually reached out to a friend of mine, <clears throat> um, a true journalist who I have a great deal of respect for. And they have a thriving substack with a thriving community of commenters. <clears throat> and I asked this person, you know, I basically said what I just said to you right now. And this person told me, oh, you just block them. You can give them a warning if you want, but you could just block them. Done. <clears throat> and I got pretty excited. It was a great answer. It was, it was all in one answer. It was, uh, it was complete. And of course, that's what you do. That's what you would do in real life. See, the problem with these devices and the social media and the internet, um, it's not all bad. But it really takes a discerning person to operate it without going crazy, without getting a little mentally ill. Because in real life, you wouldn't act this way in front of people. Because people are going to hate you, you know, and someone might hit you. You might get hurt. You're going to get hurt. You're going to get feedback in some way. You get it online, too, I'm sure. Online, though, it's different because online you're, you're in the comfort of your own little cocoon. You're not feeling it. You're, you're not feeling the pain of it. I mean, you kind of are, but not really. It's just words. It's like a video game. It's like you're playing some sick, twisted little video game of poking people. <clears throat> I don't get it, but some of you do. Anyways, maybe we all do to a certain extent. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not trying to be self-righteous here. It is my Substack, though. And just like if it was my house and I was having a party and I was inviting everyone over, yes, I want to be a good host. That's my job. My job is to treat everyone like they're the most, like they're the, like they, like it's their party and I am their servant. That's a, that's how you throw a party. It's probably why I don't do it very often, if at all, <laughs> but that is how you throw a party. I have done it before. And, uh, the other thing you do if you're throwing a party is if someone comes and they just start throwing shit everywhere, or puking all over the floor or whatever, you remove that person, get them out so that everyone else can enjoy the party. So to 99.9% .9 of you, 
I love you and I apologize. I sincerely apologize. I really do because here's the thing, like think about it, in real life, I basically, I left the party. I threw, I was like, hey everybody, let's have a party. And you know, it's okay that I don't enjoy the party because it's like, like I said, I'm the host and the servant, but I just left. I was just like, ugh, that place is, that place is gross sometimes. I'm not going there. So that's wrong, and I apologize. I'm sorry for that. <clears throat> and I'm going to do better. So what you can do is you can report people and, um, you know, not because their opinions are different than yours, but, you know, you, I mean, come on. There are some people that are just, it's torturous. It really is, especially if someone's just trying to, because if, if someone's trying to uh, have a, a genuine conversation, then they open up. That's how you do it. If you really want to, like, grow through social interaction, which is the whole point, it's the only point of having to deal with each other. All right, that's it. It's the only point. So if you want to do that, if you want to grow in life and have experiences with other people through social interaction, then you open up. That's how you do it. And so to come into a place where people are opening up and to just do your thing. And like I said, only some people know what I'm talking about. Because I think I would argue, and I don't know, because I've never been there. Because I, I had uh, my own problems and so maybe if there was like an internet when I was like 12 or 13 or something, I could see maybe doing this stuff just to, just to straight up offend people. It's like an F you, you know? That's what it is. It's like, a, it's like walking up to someone and sticking your finger in the middle of the finger right in their face. It's actually worse than that. I'd rather, that would be more, that would be soft, gentle, and funny if you just came up and stuck your finger in my, middle finger in my face and walked away. That would be cute and adorable compared to, you know. That's the whole point, though, isn't it? That's what you want. You want it to be a real F you. <sighs> well, I love you, too, and I hope you get over it. Whatever it is that's eating you up, I really, really hope, because that's what we're here for. We're here to heal, we really are. We're here to deal with our own stuff. I'm really about to shift my whole career goal into that mode, the mode of, of talking about healing and covering and reporting on healing modalities and people's stories with healing because that is really what we're all here to do. And we have an opportunity. Like I said before, we have a great opportunity right now. A great opportunity and I hope we all take advantage of it, all of us. Even you people out there seething at the mouth, your rabid anger. You have an opportunity probably more than anyone is. It's you, actually, who I hope for and pray for and I, and I, and I imagine and fantasize the most of, of you having your moment of healing because... It can happen in an instant. And then it's, it's all gone. Then you feel better. Then you can enjoy this beautiful present moment, as crazy as it is. Because it's still crazy. 
It's all going down. But think about it, though. Is if everyone actually had their healing moment, then the craziness would end because that's all the craziness is. It's a combination of social interaction and personal torment. Liberate yourselves. But don't do it here because we'll be blocking you and dealing with you. So if, if, if you're trying to enjoy conversation, even if that conversation is heated <laughs> and, um, and it can get all the way up. I mean, I don't care how heated it gets. There's a difference. And you know what I'm talking about. There's a difference between when a genuine interaction between people gets dramatic and heated. Some nationalities and, and ethnicities can't help but, but do that every time they talk. So it's, it's understood. I can tell the difference. There's a difference between that and people that just want to spoil everyone's party. I think we all recognize that. So I'm sorry for not cleaning up the trash. <sighs> you know, I might even be open for an assistant to do it. So if anyone has any suggestions, I have no, and I should look into that too. I could probably ask around. I have some friends that I'm sure hire out. I've never done that. I've done Fiverr a couple times, I think. Anyways... It doesn't matter. So, I'm I'm excited to say that actually. Um, thank and, and I want to thank you guys because it was actually, excuse me, uh, one of y'all who reached out to me. Someone who's been here for a while, from the beginning, I think, and. Uh, uh, someone who helped me, uh, you know, with some, uh, you know, personal life things, you know, moving around and stuff. Um, anyways, this person reached out and said, what's what? So, and I knew right away, like, as soon as, I mean, I didn't, I mean, that's why I apologize. That's why I apologize, because I should have known when I left the party. I should have noticed at some point that I, oh, you left that party because... You thought it was like gross, <laughs> you know? That's why I don't do, I didn't do a telegram. On telegram, I like telegram. Um, and uh, it's one of my favorite platforms for whatever reason. It just seems really smooth, like it runs really good from my perspective. It's simple. But uh, they had it upgraded where you could put like a discussion board on your telegram channel. And so when I started, I had a, a supporter and a friend, I guess, reach out, a online friend reach out and say, hey, you should do this. You should put a, it'll, it'll make your channel more popular if you put a discussion thing there. So I was like, all right, I'll do it. <clears throat> so I did it. And then um, within like hours, <laughs> within hours of doing it, I deleted it. I, I went back. Because it was freaking ugly. Like, 
there was maybe I don't know what's up, but it was like I. Um, so if anyone listens, if any, and some of you potentially might know what I'm talking about because um, it was popular at first. Like as soon as I did it, it was it was uh, it was, people were all over it, including it was almost like a team. And their job was to just, it's like they had a bucket of feces and paint rollers. And their job was just to like walk around and paint, roll feces everywhere, you know? <laughs> so I get it. I mean, the thing is we're living like in crazy times, all right? And if you're not healing from your pain, then you're going crazy. It's one way or the other. That's a guarantee. If you're not actively working on healing from your trauma. We all have it. We all have some trauma. And I think we all need to heal from it to a certain degree. And maybe not all of us, maybe some of us never experienced trauma. Maybe some of us experienced trauma and then immediately healed from it like a normal, healthy creature. But either way... If you still have trauma and you haven't dealt with it and you're not dealing with it now, then you're going crazy now more than ever. Why? I don't know. Some people will tell you because we're getting close to galactic center and we're getting more energy and, and particles and gamma rays and beta whatever. Some will tell you that. Who knows? Maybe. It feels, it kind of feels like it, right? Like, like uh, there, there does seem to be a weighty, overbearing kind of energetic feeling, right? The idea of of there being some type of cosmic rain. It's an it creates a image that I can accept as possibly real. You know? Who knows? Some people say, I don't know. I I I, I sometimes think it's because we're getting really close to a very intense moment and we're like like how animals will run for the hills, um, we're feeling it. But that doesn't really add up because, I don't know, I think animals would be, you'd see it, the reaction in animals. Animals are still chilling. They seem to be. And uh, so something's happening to us. There's something going on, and there's an opportunity. That's the bottom line. It's an opportunity. It's a great Opportunity. Did I mention that? What a great opportunity it is. Okay, so before I move on to the doomsday cult and the opportunity, um, I still am going through like a bit of a busy move. I'm packing everything up and I'm going to go on a business trip, blah, 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 blah. Um, so I'm still not uh, able to police the comments. I'm Like I said, maybe I need to find an assistant to do that for me. If you, like I said, if you see anything, there is a way to report comments and I'll be checking that. Um, I was disregarding it. And I actually was going, I was very tempted to reach out. There was one person who was reporting all the comments. 
and I found, and I think I found him. I, I wasn't sure how to contact him. I think I found him on Subsecto, and I was going to reach out to them with a sincere email, being like, "Look, I just want to keep it open and and let everyone blah blah blah." All right, here's here's my final say. I'm not your government. All right, troll. <laughs> like your government gives you freedom of speech, and the reason your government gives you freedom of speech is so that your government can't become tyrants and like f you over, right? That's not me. I'm just a guy on Substack trying to make a living, trying to make a little place here on the on the internet where I can a little home, a little internet home where I can fill it with my work and people can come and enjoy it and appreciate it or not. They can come and criticize it. I enjoy that too. But not where people can just come and with buckets of feces and paint rollers and and just try to ruin the place. And I get it. The fact that I wasn't here or I didn't have anyone here, they kind of guaranteed that that was going to happen. So. Ookie dukes. It's an opportunity, though. It is a great opportunity. It's a great opportunity. And you need to, to enhance the opportunity for the feces bucket people. You got to shut them down. You got to kick them out of the party. You got to stick your boot up their ass. Don't let the door hit them on the way out kind of thing. That is the most loving thing you could do for these people. Because they need, they are struggling the most probably. Maybe not the most. They're not struggling the most, but they're they're obviously struggling, and um, and so placating these people and being soft with these people is not helping them. It's actually it's probably making it worse for them. So the sooner they can hit bottom, the better. They need to get on their knees. The sooner they can get on their knees before God and just ask for a little help. It doesn't matter how nasty they can ask for. They could they could paint, help me God, with their feces paint rollers. And God will still answer the call. So there's an opportunity. There's an opportunity for the trolls. So the sooner they can get the boot, the better. All right. <clears throat> what is this opportunity? <clears throat> and how does it relate to the doomsday cult? Well, this is just my thoughts. I believe I'm making an an, uh, an Israel video. I already started writing it, so I'll be mentioning a lot of this stuff. But no one's getting a pass, at least none of the Abrahamic religions. Not even Christians. No one's getting a pass, not, all, not, not any of these three. It's these three groups that are causing... Almost all the ninety nine point nine percent of all religious turmoil on the planet is between these three groups. And it's really not that confusing or complicated. They all basically share the same story. They just have their own versions of it. So that's kind of obvious. Like if, like some people believe that these three religions were created 
as control mechanisms. That's not very far-fetched when you think about it, because think about it. If you wanted to divide and conquer, hmm, how would you do it? How would you do it? Well, you could create multiple religions that have a similar story but different. So everyone's arguing with each, with each other over whose story is the most correct. And as we all know, when it comes to the subject of religious belief, people will kill each other over what they believe. All the while believing that they're a good person. Pretty impressive. And so how many of these religions would you do if you wanted to pull this trick off? I think three is the perfect number. I think three is like the perfect number. You don't want to be too complicated. If you have too many, then it'll just, they'll find peace. If you have, if you have too many, it'll just be too, you know, everyone will find peace. But <clears throat> three. And the way it's worked out is even, it's like, it's, it's, anyways. A lot of people might be getting very offended by that. Okay. What do I know? I'm just a guy. Does it matter if, if, if I have it all figured out? Does it matter if I'm right? And Are you right about everything? Do you have it all figured out? Okay, so what does that mean? Does that mean that you're good and everyone else who doesn't have it figured out, we're screwed? I just, I just, I'm just trying to figure things out. So the opportunity is really for Christians, Muslims, and Jews Obviously, the opportunities for everyone. We have a great opportunity, and I already covered that before, how the trolls have a great opportunity, how the feces paint rollers have a great opportunity. Everyone has a great opportunity right now. And it might have to do with that weird, nasty feeling that I was talking about where I said if you're not actively growing or healing or, or becoming a better person, then you're going crazy. It might have something to do with that, whatever that is. I don't know, but it's a great opportunity. So, like, I'm sure, like, if Jewish people, if Christian people are listening right now, they say they would say, Greg, the opportunity is to convert to Christianity. And the Jewish people would probably say the same when it comes to Jews, and the Muslims would probably say the same, say the same thing when it comes to Muslims. I get it. That's... I would argue, though, that that is the church... Is there a difference between the church and, and like, faith in, in God? I know there is. I rejected the church from a young age, from a very young age. From the age of five, I began rejecting the church. I declared war on the church. That's how my book starts off. But what's interesting is I had uh, God with me all through that. And I had Jesus Christ with me through all that. And if it wasn't, it wasn't for them, then I doubt I would have gotten through it the way I did. I probably would have gotten, I probably would have went down. I, I would have, probably would have found a downward tunnel that would have taken me deeper into confusion and chaos. But I didn't. I found like an upward hill 
that led to more light and peace and healing. So the only reason I'm saying that is because I personally know that I've never been involved, and I've rejected the church ever since. I've tried with an open mind and an open heart. Because the reason I've tried is because I move around a lot. And one thing I've craved, and I've never really found, is a community. One of the reasons I'm pulling up my roots and moving again probably is because I just have yet to find like a... I don't know. That's a whole other story, I suppose. But the reason I've tried church several times in several different places, and I usually always try a different church just because I think maybe this one will be different, is that is because I figure um, it's a, that's the best way to go about getting a community, you know, getting to know your community. But I don't know. There's something about group mind that repels me. That's why I'm a, that's why I'm very isolated. Group mind, it gives me the willies. <laughs> you know, it always has. When I was young growing up, I remember like the family would go to a parade. Or even when I got older, friends would go to parades, like the St. Paddy's Day parade. So like, no friggin' thank you. It's like a nightmare. Who wants it? I don't know. Anyways. So anyways. I believe the opportunity is for Christians to act like Christ, for Jews to act, to, to abide by the way they're supposed to act. I guess that would be the Ten Commandments. <clears throat> and for Muslims to act the way they're supposed to act. And now I've done some pretty harsh videos on Islam. I think I've done like three. And I did them. They were, I didn't really know much about it. I grew up. The younger Greg um, was 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 a bit of a peacenik hippie in a way in a in a way that I I ignored a lot of these ugly realities, uh, politics and religion. I stayed out of it. Um, I always stayed out of politics and religion. Stayed out of it all the way up until I guess when I started getting into conspiracy theories, like when I graduated from the UFO rabbit hole, which still is, I think, the biggest, most important one of them, of them all. But when I graduated from the UFO rabbit hole into the sort of political government banking uh, rabbit holes, that was around 2004. <clears throat> <clears throat> you know, then I became aware of it. But up until... Uh, you know, I avoided all this stuff. And I always um, just believed that everyone was decent folks and, and and everyone basically had the same story, just a little different. But I didn't know about the Quran and how the Quran had... Well, it's here's the thing. It's 
actually, well, okay. It's not just the Quran. It's the Quran and the Hadith. The Hadith is like a whole bunch of other books written by anyone. Like I could probably go move over. I probably wouldn't even have to move. I could be, I just had to convert to Islam and then uh, start writing a bunch of dogma. And uh, I don't know, maybe I could like submit it to like the local authorities and who knows, maybe someday it'll get published in the Hadith. It's kind of like that. The Jews have, or the rabbinic Jews, the, there's traditional Judaism is the Old Testament, right? The Torah. Um, they would call it the Torah, and, or there's like four books or something. And um, rabbinic Judaism, which is what came about around the same time that these Khazars converted to Judaism, which is around, I believe rabbinic Judaism started around 600, the year 600. The Khazars converted around 700, 740. There's a whole thing there. It's going to be in my report. It's very interesting. Um, so anyways, rabbinic Judaism is similar to Islam in the sense that Islam has the Hadith, right? They have these add-on books where you can literally just add on to it. So it's like it's like the government wants something else. They just add something into this Hadith. Well, here, we'll put that in there, you know? It's a control mechanism. It seems pretty obvious to me. Who knows? Maybe these people are touched by God and whatever they write down is the word of God. I'm not buying it. Uh, the Jews have their own thing, and it's rabbinic. I, I'm not sure exactly what the, the, the word is, but they have like the, the rabbis can add these addendums and amendments and stuff like that, whatever you want to call them. I'm sure they have their own. I'm sure they have some howty name. And they have the Talmud, the infamous Talmud. The Talmud is the document that talks about the goyim and the and uh, the chosen ones and uh, everyone else are animals. <clears throat> Which is similar to what you'll find in the Quran and the Hadith. The Quran and the Hadith are also basically only the Muslims are chosen by God. Everyone else is, you know, are the enemies. Uh, you'll find the same in in the rabbinic Judaism, the Talmud, and you're going to find the same in Christianity. Christians, although Christians are the seem to be arguably the nicest of the three because Christians will just tell you that you're going to rot in hell. Sometimes they'll tell you with a lot of nastiness and hate, <laughs> but it is just words. It is just words. Uh, but, and I say Christians as they, the reason I say they is because I don't belong to any of these churches. And here's the other thing. When people... When people ask me, it's starting to come out now. This was never something you asked someone. You never said, you never inquisited, unless it was like a friendly, like, hey, what's your faith? What's your religion? You normally, it's not polite conversation. That stuff's personal. But it's starting to come out now. It's going to come out a lot more. We're getting into like a holy war. These three religions, there can only be one. There can only be one. Why? Why? 
Why does it matter if everyone conforms to your dogma? So anyways, people will ask, are you Christian? Greg, are you Christian? Now, I never like labels, especially when it comes to religious labels. I have a relationship with Jesus Christ that I've had since I was a kid that if it were not for that, I, like I said, I think I would have ended up in a dark place and I owe my life to God and to Jesus. Well, I owe my life to Christ and um, God is everything to me, like literally and figuratively. Like there is nothing that exists that is not God. All these so-called demons, <clears throat> these are of God. These are not like anti-God creatures. I, a chicken, an, an enlightened chicken on a chicken farm probably sees the farmers as demons. Right? That's why they say ignorance is bliss. <laughs> That's all that is. So everything is God. And because uh, we potentially live on some type of human farm, you know, Jesus Christ has been like my best friend. My guiding light through all this. Yes, even through when I learned uh, yoga and when I studied uh, Tibetan Buddhism and when I studied Hebrew and when I studied Kabbalah, and when I studied Hinduism and Buddhism, even through all that, Christ was there with me, guiding me, showing me. So, and through all this uh, that I mentioned, all that I mentioned, what I, what I found were commonalities. What I found was a common human desire to be to to be able to live a peaceful life and be left alone to be able to to at least be left alone at the very least even in their own suffering just to be left alone and not have to worry about other people exploiting them manipulating them using them or worse <clears throat> that's basically what we all have in common and so I mean, this stuff is kind of simple, folks. That's why Jesus made it so simple, but yet some of you make it so complicated. It really is just about learning to how to not just treat other people, but treat yourself. I think that's where a lot of people go wrong is they don't, they're not treating themselves right. And so then they're, they're just naturally projecting that on everyone else around them. Once again, that's a whole other discussion. But my point being is, okay, so I digress. So people will ask me, um, are you Christian? And like I said, there's a lot of reasons why I don't like to answer that because it's personal. I have a personal relationship with Christ. But here's the main reason I don't like to answer it is because what does that mean? Because when people say that, they're mostly referring to, or, do you belong to a church? All right, well, the answer there is no. But even if the answer was yes, there are several different Christian churches. And if they were the only ones around, they'd be fighting with each other. They, some of them still are. Does anyone know anything about Ireland? 
<clears throat> so, like, what does that even mean? Are you Christian? What does that mean? A lot of people are going to have, a lot of Christians are going to have different answers for that. My answer, and I know a lot of you share the same answer as me, but my answer is about as, is the same as it was when I was five years old. My answer is Jesus Christ teaches you how to act. Jesus Christ teaches you how you should behave. Monkey see, monkey do. It's that simple. We are really not that sophisticated, we humans. Um, and we needed, we needed that. We needed an example. We still do. And it's a great opportunity right now to embody that example, to become that. And to not spiral down into a holy war. Oh my God, that's the worst. It's one, okay, so I'm doing a video on, <clears throat> I'm going to get into it right now, but I'm doing a video on all this, basically on this Israel story. <coughs> and um, on the doomsday cult, it won't be called that. I think I have a name for it. It doesn't matter. Um... And some people might be like asking themselves, Greg, why haven't you done this before? Why haven't, why haven't you made this already? Because I've been accused by a lot of people for, you know, because of where I work, people will say, you're a gatekeeper. Well, I thought about that because I, at first I said, well, I pretty much just kind of stick to what's going on in current events. And it hasn't really come up in current events but now it is. And I think that's the main answer. But then I like to, I'm not bragging, but I do like to, you know, criticize myself. I like to look at myself in a critical light as much as possible because I am trying to be a good, I'm trying, I'm trying to be a good person. I am not Christ-like. I've been trying to be since I was a kid. Today's my birthday. I've been trying to be for almost 50 years, and I'm not. But, you know, I'm not bragging, but I do like to criticize, criticize myself and look at myself and try to be. And so um, and so I, and well, why am I saying that? I, I'm sorry, I'm trailing off again. So, um, I'm saying that because I was asking myself, is there, have you been avoiding it? Have you been not? Because there is a part of me that like, I know this is going to, I know this video is going to upset a lot of people. It's going to trigger a lot of people. I don't care if it makes anyone happy. It will make a lot of people happy to see the report, but I'm not really concerned about that. I'm not trying to make people happy or sad. I'm just, I guess I'm just aware of it. Um, so I looked at it. I was like, have you been avoiding it because of that? And I think, I don't think that's, I don't think I have, but I think it might be an argument that I've avoided it simply because I'm trying to avoid, like, if there's one thing I'd like to see not come into fruition, it's a holy war. I'm clear on that. That is the one thing 
I would like. I'll leave the country. I'm considering leaving the country now because I, I have no interest in, in fighting a holy war. I'll fight a revolution. I signed up because I thought that was happening. I believe there was a big awakening of, of we the people uniting together uh, to take. And what does that mean, though, revolution? True revolution means we, we take care of the problems. We quit sitting around acting like um, prisoners and slaves and demanding our, our captors, demanding that our rulers treat us better. You know, no, we have to become, we have to take advantage of this opportunity. It's the same opportunity. We have to become good people. <clears throat> and that means taking control of this corrupt government and doing the right thing by it. So I'm all for that. But I ain't for no holy war. And I ain't for no civil war. And you shouldn't be either. I really don't like to use the word should, but I don't, I'm not taking it back. <clears throat> the holy war is what this is all about and Israel is a key component in that um, there are there are uh, Christians who believe that the Bible is a work of prophecy and that it, in every way, and that it is absolute. And there is no... Um, There is no um, interpreting it, right? It is what it is. It is the literal word. And this is obviously a very extreme and radical belief because we know that the book was written by man um, and translated by committee multiple times through many years. Now, the, these same people that I mentioned that believe the, that, the, that it is the absolute word of God will argue that not, everything I just said there doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that man touched it. doesn't matter that man wrote it. it. What matters is that God worked through those people and saw to it that there was no mistakes made. Now, what I find interesting about this belief is the Bible itself does not make this claim. It's not like the Bible has like an introduction page where it says, hey, everybody, every, this is a literal, you should, there, is no, there is no interpretation. This is, it is what it is. This is the absolute word of God. <clears throat> and it's a book of prophecy. There, the Bible doesn't even make that claim. The belief arose from man. And throughout, through the group mind, other men and women adopted that belief. Now that belief has become so strong 
there are millions, millions who not only believe it, but are okay with mass murder and genocide so long as they don't have to, th- to say, oh, maybe we were wrong. <laughs> it's like the most non-Christian thing, in my opinion. It's, it's psychopathic behavior, in my opinion. Are you turning off the podcast? Fine. <clears throat> so, because this is how Israel came to be. And there's so much about Israel that people don't know. And it's such recent history. <clears throat> but basically, <clears throat> Zionists came into official name and, and organization in the late 1800s. Officially, they are uh, non-religious, they're secular. They, what they claim is that there is, and, and who, who are the Zionists, ethnic, ethnicity-wise? Well, they're the Ashkenazi Jews. Who are the Ashkenazi Jews? If you look up the official Wikipedia, it'll tell you that the Ashkenazi Jews are, are the very same Jews from the Bible. And then they'll have like a bunch of links that you can go to check that. None of which have any proof. That's a wild claim. Now, some people will argue right now, there is proof, there is proof, there is proof, there is proof. It's, it, it is... Um, I suppose the only proof given is biblical, which doesn't add up. I suppose unless you unless you just believe you put your full faith on a book. I understand faith. I have full faith in God. Some people will argue that that book is God. <clears throat> Anyways, and they um the Ashkenazis Jews, that's so Wikipedia says that's who they are, but then in the same paragraph it'll say but exactly why they came to be is a huge mystery. Nobody knows, and it's, there's many theories. So one of those theories, probably the most popular theory, the, most, um, the theory with the most meat and weight and, and evidence on it, <clears throat> not concrete. It's still, you know, there's only a few sources for it. But there's actually more evidence than I thought. I was looking more into it. And that is, is that the Ashkenazi Jews are the Khazars. The Khazars were from like the Caucasus Mountains, the Turkish, where Turkey is today, where Ukraine, that whole general area, Eastern Europeans. If you look at pictures of these Ashkenazi Jews, Zionists from the 1800s, then you will see, yeah, they are, they are very Eastern European looking. What's interesting is that in 700, in the year 700, 
these Khazars uh, converted to Judaism in a in a ceremony called Bulan, I think. It's a it's a very extensive ceremony. It involves all three religions. It involves like discussions between priests and rabbis and uh, imams and and then there's it ends with it ends with a, a a mass conversion. So like they take like leaders of the Khazars and they officially anoint them and convert them as Jews. And then be, because of this big ceremony, this Bulan ceremony hundreds or if not thousands of Khazars are then converted with those, you know. So it's a mass conversion. So the entire people, all of them, converted to Judaism. Why is... Nobody knows. At the time, they were in a region where it was Christians, Muslims, and Jews. And um, why is up? Nobody, it's kind of a mystery, right? It's rather mysterious. I suppose Jews will tell you, well, it's not mysterious at all. They came to realize the, the one true God and the, and the one true religion. <laughs> Everyone's right, you know? It's, every, it's everyone else's religion is wrong, but mine is the one true religion. Why? I, well, I guess because I was born with it, you know, because that's the one I had an experience with and because I had an experience with it. Everyone else is wrong. Sucks being them. I'm being sarcastic, of course. <clears throat> and then the, um, <clears throat> and then they became the wandering Jew years later, years later. Cause uh, so that was 700. They converted to Judaism the year 600 was when, was when rabbinic Judaism was born. That's the one that has the Talmud, the Babylonian Talmud, which was codified around that year. So the, the, the codified Babylonian Talmud was recently codified, and then they, that created this new rabbinic Judaism. Within the same century, an entire group of people the Khazars who were known for war and deception and they were they were they were they were a very aggressive warlike people then they all convert to Judaism in this big ceremony and then they and I believe I was digging into this research I believe they started to convert to Islam in uh, 20 years before this and then they shifted and then they all did Judaism. It's like they were, I don't, I don't know what that is, but um, <clears throat> they were neither. They were neither of these religions before. And then they, um, and then in, in around 800, they, the Khazars then started creating synagogues and schools and they started teaching this new Judaism, rabbinic Judaism. They started raising everyone with it. And then years and years later, they became the wandering the wandering Jews. That connection is the mystery. <clears throat> I believe, but I don't think it's that mysterious, actually. I think they, they're pretty well traced to the Khazars. But um, 
that's who became the, the, that's who the Zionists were, were these Ashkenazi Jews. And they believed that and at the time, at the same time, there are Sephardic Jews that are living in Palestine with Christians and Muslims. And the, the Sephardic Jews and the Christians and the Muslims lived in Palestine for centuries in peace. It was known for it. Um, you have to really go back into the Bible. to Everyone talks about how for thousands of years they've been fighting each other in the Bible. If you go into recent history, before Britain got involved, which was the late 1800s, then they, um, the three religions were chilling in the Holy Land, which kind of makes sense because they all, it all, that area meant a lot to all of them. And most people really just want to get along. Most people don't want to mess with each other. That's why manipulation and control comes into the game is to divide and conquer us. But if we were left to our own, I really don't think there'd be much division. You could even have all these separate groups and you still get along, you know? Just leave each other alone. Buddhists actually have it figured out pretty good. Have you ever been to a Buddhist nation? Say what you like, but they kind of have it figured out of how to like not mess with each other. You know, part of it is keep your opinions to yourself. <clears throat> now, that's a thing that Americans have a serious problem with because Americans almost feel like that's what freedom of speech is, is the freedom to, like, let everyone know how I feel. Yeah, I mean, I suppose there's a point to that, too. But who freaking cares? <laughs> you know? Like, who cares what you think? Honestly, I can like, and the thing is, is when you, when you throw your opinion on someone, it's kind of like in, in a court of law, this is an esoteric law. <coughs> they teach you that to ask a question in court, you never want to make a statement because when you make a statement, it's like starting a fight. It's like drawing a sword. It's like when you throw your opinion down to someone, it's like drawing your sword. You're challenging that person. You're now telling that person, do you accept my opinion or do you, or are you going to contest it? You know, you're starting a problem when there wasn't a problem. There was peace. Everything was cool. And then you had to throw out your opinion and start something. Now, a lot of people like that. Maybe that's why a lot of Americans do it. A lot of people like it because they just like to have a little argument, a little debate, a little fight. I don't like, I don't like doing that personally. I, I prefer to hang out with people that share the same viewpoint as I do just so we can chill. Or I prefer to hang out with people that just, man, I can't say that. I think I need to work on keeping my opinion to myself too. It's kind of my job to, uh, you know, express what I think about things. So it's a tricky one. But I do definitely respect that culture of leaving each other, you know, leave, like respecting people. Japanese people got it down. Anyways, I digress again. So the uh, Ashkenazi Jews, Zionism, they not only believe that they are the true Jews, like they say the Sephardic Jews, the ones that actually lived there, the ones that are actually living in the Holy Land, who have generations of, li of being lived there. You would think the Sephardic Jews, who don't look 
Eastern European because they weren't Eastern European, they were Middle Eastern, you would think that they were probably the ones that were living there. But no, the Zionists claim that it was them. It was the Ashkenazi Jews who seemed to be these Khazars, or they seemed to be descended, descended, and I, I can never get that right, ascended, descended, descended from descendants of the Khazars. <clears throat> they believed that they were the, the actual rightful people for that land, and they said the Bible was their proof. Now, these, both of these claims, I think, are ridiculous. To show up to someone else's land where... If, imagine if someone came to your door, knocked on your door, and then they're holding the Bible in their hand, and they're like, get out of here. This is my house. This Bible says so. And then you don't listen to them, and then they forcibly remove you. Well, they basically did that. What they did, though, first was they got the United Nations on their side. So the Zionists said that they they had rightful ownership to the land of Palestine. And they said it was actually Israel. And it was up to them to reclaim it. It's all in the Bible. And uh, according to the Christians, not all Christians, but according to like the a lot of the evangelicals, they will tell you that, yes, that's true. The Bible does say that uh, that is their rightful land and the people there need to get the F out. And uh, that doesn't seem very Christian-like either. You know, there, there are Christians living there, too. Like, if, if for those, you know, Christians who don't give a frick about anybody but other Christians or people that believe in your dogma, there were, there still are. There are Christian churches in Palestine. There are Christian Palestinians. There are Sephardic Jewish Palestinians. There are not a lot anymore. Most of the Sephardics were put in concentration camps by the Ashkenazis. That's not a conspiracy theory. The Sephardic Jews were subhuman compared to the Ashkenazis when they took that land. So anyways, I, I get ahead of myself. Um, so then they, they protested and they formed marches and they said we needed, uh, you know, all about Israel, homeland, homeland Israel. We need our country. Give us our country back. Blah, blah, blah. No one really took them seriously because it is kind of crazy. I mean, they're basically saying, like, give us their, those people over there, those, those, that third world, those poor people in the Holy Land, kick them out because they're on our land. And look, this, this thousand-year document says so. That's crazy. Like, using the Bible as a form of stealing someone's land, isn't that evil? I don't know. That seems pretty dark. Um, if you're turning off Substack because you're offended, awesome. But it'd be cool if you stung out and just listened to it and opened your mind maybe because it's a great opportunity <clears throat> to do the right thing and be like Jesus. So <clears throat> World War II, interesting thing about World War II is the 6 million number. They keep saying 6 million were murdered, 6 million Jews were killed. That's a very important number to them, to the Zionists. And you can find, uh, you can still find, easy to find, newspaper clippings, several, early 1900s where the Zionists are making the same claim, 6 million dead, 6 million dead, decades before World War II. 
I distinctly remember seeing photographs of marches like 20 years ago on rents.com when I was first going down this rabbit hole of Zionism. And that's been scrubbed. Hard to find. I, I've been looking for those. I haven't found them. <coughs> Excuse me. And that's kind of interesting, that number. Why? Um, it's obviously something to do with prophecy for them. The Jews have their own reason for, or the Zionists, actually. I don't, I, I know, I, I, now I'm out of my territory. I don't know what this is all about, other than starting a holy war of some kind. Maybe there's magic behind it. But anyways, World War II happens, and then that was then used for many things, but one of the things it was used for clearly was to create Israel. The Zionists were looking for it for over half a century, and then World War II, and then they were like, all right, here, here you go. And before then, they were actually already migrating there, so they were already working up to it. Um, there were actually Palestinian Christians before World War II that were working very diligently to try to stop Israel from doing what they were doing because they saw it as a land, as a, as a, as a, as a unlawful, unchristian land grab. There were people living there, including themselves. And um, during World War II, the Nazis worked with the Zionists. That's also interesting. It's uh, they the Nazis were kicking out every other political party, every religion. They were completely cleansing Germany of anything other than Nazis when it came to control measures. But the Zionists were allowed to stay. The Zionists had their offices opened. Um, it makes sense. They had the exact same goal. The Germans wanted to create some type of ethno pure, eth ethnically pure state of... It's actually, though, it's pretty weird. The, the Aryans, a lot of people think the Aryans was like blonde-haired, blue-eyed, white people. And yes and no. Aryans were actually blonde-haired, blue-eyed, white Aliens, like uh, like the tall whites. That's who the Aryans were. A lot of people, most people will argue the Aryan, most, most of official history will argue the Aryans never were real. They were just in myth, mythology. Um, but the Nazis didn't believe that. <clears throat> Anyways, and that's what the Zionists were doing. Similar, they were creating an ethnically pure state. So they were buddies. They helped each other until the Holocaust, until the final solution. And then after World War II, they, then the United Nations in 1947 voted on giving a land that was already occupied to an, a political organization. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. The Zionists claim they're not religious. So that makes them, they are, by definition, a political organization that have been petitioning, using the Bible as their proof 
for land ownership. And then the United Nations, which is a creation of the Rothschild Banking, the Rockefellers, uh, so therefore the Crown of England, uh, has a vote and then gives them a piece of paper that says, yeah, this is our land. And then what do they do? And then they invade and they go on a killing spree. A killing spree that they still celebrate every year is like their 4th of July. The year that they went in and exterminated the people that were living there. As if they were their enemy. <clears throat> Evangelical Christians have no problem with this. A lot of them. Because... Now, there. If if you're a prophecy, if you're a Christian who believes in the Bible as fundamental word of God and that it's prophecy, then if you're still listening, that's awesome. I love you. I'm glad you're still listening. And I got nothing against you. I have. I just have opinions, and I have a distrust for all people. Only God I trust. All right, so you know, maybe you get that. Maybe you don't. Doesn't matter. <clears throat> but you might point out that I'm getting it wrong, and I'm, I apologize, and I probably am, because I am not a prophecy person, so I don't know all the details at all. But I have been doing some research lately for this video, and what I've come across is it's basically the prophecy says that Christ returns after... Like in order for, for some reason, in order for Christ to return, um, Israel, ha the Israelites have to recreate Israel. And maybe that, do they have to, I think they have to recreate the temple of Solomon, the temple of the Mount. I mean, maybe I'm wrong about that. I mean, that's what the occults believe. That's definitely what the, the Masonics believe. And they're all about building that temple again. And so if you ask these Christians who believe this, I mean, they'll tell you that this is, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, hey, I'm sorry for those Palestinians, but they got to go. They're not the chosen ones, you know? <laughs> they don't matter. The chosen ones matter. So that is, okay, so I, do, I did learn this today. One of the main arguments that the evangelical Christians have for supporting the state of Israel is because the Bible says something about those who bless the chosen ones are blessed, or something like that. And so they believe that if they want God's blessings, they have to honor Jews and the state of Israel. I'm going to stop there. Let that sink in. Um, seriously though, like, and that's, that's millions of people. According to my research, that's what millions of people believe. So it's not that like being Christian isn't about, so for millions of people, it's not, they don't think that Christianity is about trying to be like Christ. They think it's some type of weird voodoo trick, some type of new age magic spell 
where it's like, oh, if I want to be blessed by God, then I must always bow down to the Jews. They get the Jews must get everything they want. Israel must get everything it's want they want, or else I won't be blessed. Okie dokes. Okie dokes. When I learn stuff like this, this is where I feel like, Greg, you were smart by not going to the church, by, by, by going your own way. And it wasn't me. That was all thanks go to God and Jesus for guiding me on that path. Um, there is also, this is where maybe you could help me out. If any of you who understand Bible prophecy haven't been offended by my meaningless opinion and are still listening, then I ask a favor of you. Um, And this is what I'm researching right now. But from my past understanding, like the whole thing about blessing the chosen ones, lest ye not be blessed, and I'm sure I'm saying it wrong, (laughs) uh, that's new to me. But what I used to always, what my old understanding was, was that the evangelicals, prophecy Christians, want Israel because they want to see Israel destroyed. Am I wrong about that? What I understand is that the prophecy is, is that Christ doesn't return until not only is Israel recreated, but Israel is destroyed. I can't get that wrong. So, and like, and I got, if you know the answer, let me know. I'll be looking into it. I'm sure I'll probably find it right after this podcast. I got to actually let me write that down. That's important. Got to know that. That's what I thought. Because I remember, I think they made a documentary about it, <clears throat> how the evangelicals and the Zionists are in line with almost everything, but the, but that, like, it's weird that the evangelicals love it. And it's, it's also weird because the whole thing about blessing them but that's not what prophecy is about. Prophecy isn't about acting a certain way. Prophecy is about a story unfolding exactly as it was written, even though it wasn't very it wasn't written very clearly. And it wasn't, folks. Like in a movie script, things are written very clearly. There is no room for interpretation. There is no poetry. There is no coding. It's all very straightforward. This 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 happens. This person walks in the room. This happens. Okay, so. That's where the whole prophecy thing loses me. <clears throat> Anyways. And then, okay, so that's the evangelicals. Okay, so that's one of the three. And then there is Islam. Now, Islam, is, it's, it's written in their scripture to go to war against Christians and Jews. And so it's not that hard to radicalize the Muslims in the holy war. It's built into it. Most people I think understand that. <clears throat> what I what I've recently understood is not all. Like for example, Sufi. Sufi is a considered Muslim not Islam. It's not considered Islam. Islamic. It's considered Muslim. And there are many Muslims who identify as Sufi. And that is very Christian-like. It's about 
live and let live. It's about joy, peace, harmony. The better side of humanity. The, 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 the meaningful side of humanity. The upward growth of humanity, right? <clears throat> so it's not all, none of these religions are all bad. I'm not trashing these religions. I'm just saying there's an opportunity to be a better person. And all these, all Muslims, Jews, and Christians, there are Muslims and Jews and Christians. And I, like I said, I technically, I consider myself Christian. And, and what does that mean to me? It means that every day is an opportunity to be a better person than I was yesterday. That's what it means to me. And I know that there are Christians out there who agree with me, feel the same way. And I know that there are Muslims out there who feel that way. And I know there are Jews out there who feel that way. I know it. I know it. And not only do I know it, I know that most, I think, this is a guess. I think, my educated guess is that most Muslims, Jews, and Christians feel this way. <clears throat> Although it doesn't take the majority to drag the rest of us down into a holy war. That's the problem. We have to stop this from happening. That's our best opportunity right now is to somehow stop this from happening. It's not going to be easy. Okay, so then the Jews, the Jews, especially the rabbinic Judaism is a problem because it is very radical and it involves the subjugation of, of humanity. <laughs> it's very similar to like I said, the radical, the Hadith, and the Quran, those two, the rabbinic Judaism and Islam, both modern versions of their religion. Like, there is a, there is a Judaism that came before rabbinic Judaism, and there is, like, the Sufi Muslims who came before the Islamic Muslim. So there are, these are both very similar. I would argue, the conspiracy theorist in me would argue that they were exploited and um, subverted. Like, I don't think that all religions were created as methods of control. Some, Like I said earlier in this podcast, there are some people who believe that, and I made an argument for it, and it could be. I don't believe that. The reason I like to study all religions and find commonalities is because I kind of believe that that they, they all root from the truth. And it was man who has subverted them all for forever. So they're they're all highly polluted from man. But at some point in the beginning, they all rooted from some basic fundamental spiritual truth. And that does seem to be the case. But Zionism, like, so <clears throat> now it's coming to a head. And, and, and now there's an opportunity for if this is what it takes, this is a very, have you noticed how unifying this is? People for the, for the people of Palestine? There are more people standing up for the people of Palestine than there were people standing up for themselves during the COVID lockdowns. Um, 
they are peaceful protests. The only, the, the only violence I've really seen in these protests are by the government and the police just shutting them down, saying you're not allowed to, you're not allowed to march for the Palestinian people. So it looks like we're about to witness a genocide. We, I mean, we've already been witnessing it for a while. It's a slow-motion genocide. And it's not the only one. They're happening over, all across the world. And they're coming to a town near you. <laughs> so this is an opportunity, I think, for, once again, for we the people everywhere to put aside our differences and stand for something that makes sense. I mean, because that's who these people are. These people in Palestine, like I said, they're not all Muslim jihadis. They're families that have lived there for generations. They are Muslim families. They are Christian families. They are Sephardic Jew families that have lived there for centuries. And they're just being pushed out of their own land. There's a, I was just watching a video of a family that's had a farm on a hilltop for over 100 years, and now they're surrounded by militant-looking Israel uh, encampments, and they're being pushed out of their land. They're cut off. Their water's been cut off. Their power's been cut off, <clears throat> and uh, their time is limited. And so it's pretty simple. It's not about being anti-Jew. It's about being pro-humanity, pro-we the people. And if you're a Christian, if you're a Jew, if you're a Muslim, this is an opportunity for you to actually show the validity of your religion. If your dogma is, is really righteous, prove it. Prove that it's, it's about bringing something good and positive to humanity. Okay, anyways, I hope any of that made sense. I uh, hope you had enjoyed I hope you enjoyed the podcast today um, as much as I did. <laughs> and uh, if you are um, a Christian Muslim and Jew and you're still listening, then you're I love you, you know and either way, uh, you know, like seriously, like <clears throat> and I'm gonna define that again. I like to use that word, and I don't use it casually. Love means, when I say I love you, it means I, I, I really, truly want you to have a full life, and I, don't want any, and I want you to be left alone, unmolested, nobody trespassing against you, unless, of course, you deserve it, and you know, you're acting like a, a, a criminal psychopath. <laughs> but you get it. I think you get it. That's all. We all deserve that, I think. If, I mean, I guess, I guess those of us who don't, don't. But as long as we, you know, keep our hands to ourselves and we respect others and we do the right thing and we act like a good person, then why shouldn't we be able to enjoy our life? Why do we need to be messed with by a holy war, by a bunch of self-righteous, bloodthirsty killers who think that their book is the right book and everyone else is the problem? You know? Uh, I, I wrote something about, like, a summary of the evangelical belief, which is basically they just want everyone here, everyone else to kill themselves so that they can go raptured up 
and live happily ever after. That doesn't seem very, that seems, that seems childish, selfish, and crazy to me. It's like the Jehovah's Witnesses, they teach basically the same thing, except I think they teach it's going to happen here. They say all, everything that's bad is going to be destroyed, and the only thing that's going to be left here is us, Jehovah's Witnesses. Everyone else can be killed. <laughs> you know? So if you want to be like one of the good guys, join our religion, and then you'll be saved when everyone else is destroyed. That seems crazy. But we're simple creatures. We're trying to figure it out. Anyways, hey, we're still here. Crazy times. Anyways, uh, that's it. Uh, hopefully I'll catch you next week. Actually, next week I am going to be out of town. And um, I may not have something pre-recorded. I may, I may do something live from the road. I think I'm going to plan on doing something live from the road. So expect that next week. Uh, all right. You know, goodbyes are always take, take forever, right? It's the hardest thing is saying goodbye, right? All right. Catch you next week. See you guys.